Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, graciously keep us from all adversity, so that, unhindered in mind and body alike, we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Kings. Elijah the prophet went off to Sidon, and when he reached the city gate, there was a widow gathering sticks. Addressing her, he said, Bring me a little water in a vessel for me to drink. She was setting off to bring it when he called after her. Please, he said, bring me a scrap of bread in your hand. As the Lord your God lives, she replied, I have no baked bread, but only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am just gathering a stick or two to go and prepare this for myself and my son to eat and then we shall die. But Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go, and do as you have said. But first, make a little scone of it for me, and bring it to me, and then make some for yourself and for your son. For thus the Lord speaks, the God of Israel. Jar of meal shall not be spent, jug of oil shall not be emptied, before the day when the Lord sends, rain on the face of the earth. The woman went and did as Elijah told her, and they ate the food, she himself and her son. The jar of meal was not spent, nor the jug of oil emptied, just as the Lord had foretold through Elijah. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul. It is the Lord who keeps forever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is he who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free. Praise the Lord, my soul. It is the Lord who gives sight to the blind, who raises up those who are bowed down. It is the Lord who loves the just, the Lord who protects the stranger. Praise the Lord, my soul. The Lord upholds the widow and orphan, but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever, Zion's God from age to age. Praise the Lord, my soul. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Hebrews. It is not as though Christ has entered a man-made sanctuary, which is only modelled on the real one, but it was heaven itself, so that he could appear in the actual presence of God on our behalf. And he does not have to offer himself again and again, like the high priest going into the sanctuary year after year with the blood that is not his own, or else he would have to suffer over and over again since the world began. Instead of that, he has made his appearance once and for all, 
now at the end of the last age, to do away with sin by sacrificing himself. Since men only die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ too offers himself only once to take the faults of many on himself. And when he appears a second time, it will not be to deal with sin, but to reward with salvation those who are waiting for him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Happy the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. In his teaching, Jesus said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk about in long robes, to be greeted obsequiously in the market squares, to take the front seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. These are the men who swallow the property of widows while making a show of lengthy prayers. The more severe will be the sentence they receive. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the treasury, and many of the rich put in a great deal. A poor widow came and put in two small coins, the equivalent of a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, I tell you solemnly, this poor widow has put in more than all who have contributed to the treasury, for they have all put in money they had over. But she, from the little she had, has put in everything she possessed, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So in the first reading, we see the plight of this widow from Sidon uh, and also of her son. Now, being a widow in the times of the Old Testament was really a desperate predicament. No pension, no social security system. So losing her husband as the breadwinner meant she was also running out of bread. So in the midst of this terrible famine, this great drought, we see the tremendous suffering of this widow. She's literally down to her last morsel of food. A little bit of flour, a little bit of oil, and that's going to be their last meal before she and her son succumb to starvation. So the prophet Elijah sees this woman and asks her for a cup of water. And she's amiable. She's happy to oblige the prophet of God, but... The next request is absolutely extraordinary. Bring me a scrap of bread in your hand. It's all she's got is a scrap of bread. And here's the prophet asking her for a share. What an extraordinary moment. Why wouldn't he ask someone who's not on the brink of starvation? Why make this demand on the poorest and the most vulnerable? It beggars belief, really. Why not go to the richest person inside and ask him for a cake? This is no accident, though. This woman is the perfect definition of someone who has lost all hope. She's down and out. She's one small meal away from giving up and letting death overtake her and her son. It's precisely in this situation that God, through the prophet Elijah, asks her for something. It's paradoxical, it's counterintuitive, 
But at her neediest moment, the widow is asked to give. We see a similar situation with the widow in the gospel, who's making this tiny contribution into the temple treasury. You can almost imagine the scene as she quickly rushes forward to throw in her two little coins, hoping that no one notices just how insignificant her gift was in comparison to all these wealthy people. But Jesus praises her. Because despite her great need, and like the widow in the first reading, she's given what she had to live on. But you know, despite Elijah's praise of the widow in Sidon and Jesus' praise of the widow in the temple, there's something strange going on here. Why is a gift being asked from the most needy? Why does Elijah ask food from the starving? Why does Jesus admire this gift of the poor widow? Well, there's a deeper spiritual principle at play here. In the first letter of St. John, we hear the phrase, God is love. And that gets repeated over and over and over again. But what exactly does it mean? It's more than just God being filled with warm and fuzzy feelings as he looks over the earth and gazes upon his people. If that's what St. John meant, then he would have written, God loves, not God is love. At the heart of it, the Apostle John is telling us that God's very being is love. God is love. Not God has love or God feels love. No, God is love. It means that God's very existence is to make a gift of himself. We'll get a little theological here. God is a trinity of persons. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And the very identity of God is to be an eternal exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is this eternal gift of self. And the Father gives himself to the Son, and from the gift of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit proceeds. Now, it starts to become really quite complex theology, and it's fascinating to get into, but at the heart of it, to say that God is love is to say that his very being is to give. Love is making a gift of self to the other. And this isn't merely what God does, but fundamentally who God is. What we can see in the behaviour of these two widows now is that they're both making an incredible gift of themselves. They're loving like God loves. And so they're both God-like. The great paradox of these two widows is that in their tremendous poverty, they discover how to be the image of God in making a sincere gift of themselves and by loving. They manifest the God of love. Now, if you're starting to daydream or lose focus, just tune in for a quick second. Because what I'm about to tell you is the secret of life. The meaning of human life is love. The meaning of life is found in making a gift of yourself. This isn't about chocolates and flowers and love hearts. No, true love, the kind of love that God is, is the gift of self. 
And here's the paradox. Because we can only discover the true meaning of our lives when we give it away. If I'm preoccupied with my own self-fulfillment, if I roam throughout the various spheres of my life, sucking up everything that I can lay my hands on in pursuit of my happiness, then I'll not find it. If I fight, scratch, grasp and claw after my needs, then I'll find that the jar of flour will be empty very quickly and the oil pot dry. No, says Jesus, the paradox about human happiness is that it can only be found in making a gift of self. In order to be fulfilled, we first need to be emptied. That's the very heart of the gospel. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life for my sake will find it. It's a paradox in human life, but it's a spiritual principle that you can take to the bank. Whatever it is that we seek in life, we first need to give it so that we may receive. Many of you would know Bishop Robert Barron from uh, Word on Fire Ministries, and he gives an excellent articulation to this, and it really struck me right between the eyes. He says it as simply as this, Do you want more joy? Then I need to give the gift of joy to others. I need to be the cause of joy for others, and it's only then that I'll discover and receive my own joy. Fair enough. He goes on, Do you want more peace? then I need to be the gift of peace to others. I need to be the cause of peace for others, and it's only then that I'll discover and receive my own peace. You know, married couples know this lesson. Do I want more love? Then I need to love others. I need to make a gift of myself to others, to my neighbours, to my spouse, and it's only then that I'll discover and receive my own love. If I grasp and claw after love, if I vacuum up the love from my spouse or my children or my parents, then the jar will soon be empty. In order to receive, I need to abandon this grasping after my own wants and whims and I need to give, to lose my life, to make a gift of my life so that I may find it. The reason why love is the secret of human life, the reason why we truly discover ourselves only when we make a gift of ourselves, is because we're made in the image and likeness of God, and God is love. We discover our true humanity when we love, when we make that gift of ourselves, because then we're like God himself who is love. This is the secret of joy, of peace, of happiness. And the tragedy of the human condition is that we spend our time clutching and grasping after our own needs and wants, when really instead, all we needed to do was give. Elijah asks the widow for the last of her flour and oil, because he knows that it's when she's able to make a gift of herself that she will receive a full measure from God. Elijah knows that the meaning of her life will be revealed when she loves like God. And the same is true for the widow in the temple. This isn't fundamentally a story about money and how much to give. It's a story about love and how to give a gift of self. Now, we might well be in a similar predicament as these two widows, running on empty, nothing left, ready to give up and... Let death overtake us. 
But we need to be especially attentive to God because, yes, he is the one who will supply our needs, but he will first ask us to give something. And we must be attentive to what that gift might be that God is asking from us. Yes, it might be financial, but not necessarily. An act of love like speaking to someone who's lonely or who might be grieving the loss of a loved one. Helping out if we can see a young family struggling with the pressures of work and children. Going to visit relatives in a nursing home. Doing chores so that my spouse can relax for a little while. There are endless ways in which we can give of ourselves. What saves the life of the widow of Sidon is precisely that she's able to give. In other words, that she's able to love. Because it's only in love that we truly discover the meaning of our lives and our fundamental calling to be like God, who is love. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.